Have you ever toured a senior living community and it just didn't feel right? Did you hear things or see things that made you feel like this was an institution and not a community? If you're not getting that warm, welcoming feeling, how can you be sure your mom or dad will? I'm your host, Valerie Lynn, and in this episode, we're talking with the founder of Inspired Senior Care, Leslie Fuller. Leslie has her Master's of Social Work with a focus in gerontology, and she worked in senior living for many years as an executive director, then a regional dementia care manager. Today, she trains senior living communities on how to communicate with their residents and staff to create a more resident-focused, positive, welcoming community. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. I am so excited to talk about this subject because families really don't know. They have no idea what the senior living industry is all about. And so it's difficult sometimes because they, you know, are many times it's an emotional situation, right? There are many times that they're walking into these tours, not because they want to be there, but because they have to be there. And so I'm so excited to have you on the show because you actually help communities to make that connection with their residents and to really look at life in senior living through the eyes of their residents. And so today we're going to talk about language. We're going to talk about those buzzwords. What are those things that families might hear on a tour? And when are those good things? And when are those bad things? (laughs) So what are those things that families, when they're going on a tour, what are those words, those key words that they should be looking out for? Just when you're walking in the words that we look for are listening to the whole culture. It's not just what one person says or what a director says or what a, what a marketing person says. It's really listening to the whole language of the community. So one of the first basics, and, and a lot of people will say, well, it's just a word. Okay, one word is just a word. But that's why I say we have to listen to the whole conversation. But the first word I want you to listen for is facility. You know. Over the decades, senior care was typically the medical model, right? The old standard nursing home, the big nurses station in the center, because they looked at these individuals as nothing more than a patient. And that was a facility. And hospitals, you know, in fairness, call themselves facilities. Okay. But you know what? So do prisons, right? A prison Mm. is a facility, (laughs) right? So when our loved ones are moving into a new place, in their older years, because just because they need a little more support does not mean they need to go to a facility. Mm. Just They just need a different kind of community. So listen for words, things like, do they call themselves a true community? Because if you think about it, when, when we talk about, what is, Valerie, what does community mean to you? I mean, if you think about where you live, what does community mean? 
Yeah. And and we just had this on the show. Community means support. It means finding your tribe. It means finding mm-hmm. your people. That's what it should mean. Yeah. Yeah. And finding finding your your fun and finding enjoyment and finding, you know, all those concepts of well-being actually <laughs> is a true community. So that's just one word, but look for that. Yeah. And, and let's talk about that for a minute. So what does that mean when you walk in for a tour and, and you're hearing that word facility or even patient, which, you know, by the way, patient, that's another one, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. These are, these are very cold. I would describe them as very cold clinical words. Right. And, you know, in clinical settings, you can get wonderful people and you can have wonderful medical care in a medical facility. So, and that is okay, but it has to shift when we're truly expecting this to be this person's home. It's their life. It's the place where they're going to meet their new friends for their life, right? We don't want it to be nice people who give us good medical care. We want it to be a true community and treat it differently. So I think sometimes for medical people, when they shift from working say a skilled nursing and they start working now and maybe an assisted living or even an independent living, it is a hard shift for them to make that language because they do have the good heart and they want to give care, but we have to even coach them a little bit on shifting their mindset instead of looking at that person as a patient, looking at that person as someone that they're providing some medical support for just as an individual. Yeah. Yes. And when you're a family member, you don't really know, right? And so- Mm -hmm. What do you think happens when the the people are using those words, the the facility words and the and patient? So the mindset is going to be more of a custodial mindset. If all of your staff are talking about patients, they're talking about toileting, they're talking about feeding, if it's a memory care community or memory care setting, if they're calling it, you know, a dementia unit, if they're talking about it's a locked facility. All of these things have basically taken any control of that individual as a person and having choice and having control over their life. They just kind of push that off to the side mentally. So when you think you are in charge of these people, and I think that's it. I'm oh, that's charge. another, that's, that's more language right, right there that yes. <laughs> right, right. That we're in charge here as opposed to shifting I'm going to shift now what you do want to listen for is talking about community, talking about partnership, talking about welcoming, talking about instead of a locked unit, right? Where where else in our world do we have locked units? It's prison. (laughs) That is the only place, right? Now, does that not mean we still need to provide some safety and some security in an environment that that is strong for them? But using the word locked unit, and I'll tell you what, if I myself moved into a community and and people who have dementia can absolutely make decisions for themselves and can absolutely think and they're listening to the words. And if all I'm hearing is people talking about me as, oh, it's room 132. Oh, she needs toileting. Oh, she can't go out. Oh, she's in a locked unit. What is that going to do to my psyche? Mm-hmm. Sure isn't going to help it. One thing that just that that just brought up for me is it's so easy sometimes when 
even family members and doctors and just, you know, what we're talking about with the language, it's so easy to think of someone with cognitive impairment as someone who doesn't know what's going on. And it's easy to forget that there are many different levels of Alzheimer's and dementia and that someone can, like you're saying, respond to those words that make them feel like they're going to be locked up. And, and, you know, or even I've had so many family members after a tour where words like that have been used and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I, I don't want my mom locked up because uh-huh. we're using, again, this word that, like you said, it equates to a prison. That, and that's exactly what it feels like. And going back to, for those who are living in that environment, if you are constantly saying, let's say the door that goes to the outside, right? They're up trying to get out. Mrs. Jones, no, come on, come over here. You want a cookie? You know, it's it's very demeaning. They're not dumb. <laughs> and so it becomes this push and we almost make that locked door and that language makes them feel worse and makes them feel more trapped. And when they feel more trapped, what are they going to do? The chances are maybe they'll shut down. Maybe they get depressed or maybe they feel trapped and then they start pushing to get out. Maybe they get angry. And you know what? People are allowed to get angry. We all get angry in life. Mm -hmm. And just because you're living in that environment, if you get angry, oh, they get labeled as aggressive. And oh, then a lot of people say, we need to give her something to calm her down. And that's when the overuse of medication, I mean, it's just- Absolutely, it's a cycle. And that's when the family's getting the phone call. And the family is like, wait a minute, you are the expert. Like we we brought our loved one to you. (laughs) So I was an executive director of a memory care community for several years. And uh, I was very fortunate that my office was smack in the middle of the community. It was, I think every executive director should have that because I had residents in and out of my office all day long, right? And I learned to really live with them. And we had a gentleman who had been an avid walker before he came to live with us. And we're like, how are we? And and we had a great community, a big community that he could walk inside, but that's not the same as walking outside. And I could see the front door from my office and he would be up the door pounding, you know, wanting to get out and staff would try to redirect him. And I'd say, wait a minute. And so I came out, I says, Hey, George, you want to go for a walk? Well, yeah. I said, would you do me a favor? Could I join you? I, I really need to get out. Uh, can I go get my coat? Let's go grab you a coat. And that's what we did, right? So wow. instead of finding a reason to say no, I found a way to go out. And we actually, it ended up being a, a great memory. Um, that particular trip, I t- took him for a walk and he just wanted to keep going. And we ended up at a Hardee's and went in and sat down. I didn't have my wallet with me because I wasn't expecting that. But the staff there were awesome. They're like, oh yeah, the drinks are on us. And they come over and chatted. Oh and my he gosh. Was so relaxed. And he just, it was just life. That is what a community is, right? That what is it what should be. Community is, what, <laughs> what it should be. Right. So, and you've actually said this before. What should a family do when they walk in <laughs> and they all they're hearing are these technical words that are not making them feel warm and fuzzy? <laughs> if they're mo- not making you feel warm and fuzzy, and they're probably, my guess is they're probably just talking to you and not talking to your mother who's standing with you, or they're talking to her like sweet and charming. Oh, aren't you so cute? I highly recommend you turn around and walk out. Don't put yourself through that. Don't yes. put yourself through that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And there are, you know, there are so, and, and this is also something that, you know, families don't know when they're first starting this journey, but there are a lot of options. In, in some states, there are more options than other states, right. but there are still most likely enough options that, yeah, turn around because if it doesn't feel right, and, and we tell families this all the time, if it doesn't feel right, don't go with it. You know, go with your mm-hmm. gut because in the end, you know your loved one way better than any of these people, any of us, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and and I have had more than one family say to me that they made a, a mistake, that they knew they uh-huh. didn't feel right about a community, but they sort of felt pressured for whatever reason, whether it was, you know, a discharge date that was looming or the staff mm-hmm. or whatever it was, they felt pressured to make a decision that they ended up regretting. So it's advice that I really like it because if it doesn't feel right, then you should turn around. And I, I think too, if, if that's the way, if that's what they're presenting to you, <laughs> that's what will continue and that's probably the way they're leading and they are not encouraging staff to think outside and to think from a partnership standpoint and you know at night when there's even no management around what what are the night staff even taught how to treat mm-hmm. your loved one or the others yeah. that live there yeah Absolutely. just 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 keep keep looking trust trust your gut if that really makes you squirm a little bit listen to yourself so when a family goes into tour, what should help them feel like, oh, this, this staff has training, this staff knows what they're doing, you know, this, this could potentially be a good fit. I think interactions, even above words. And that's what you were talking about earlier with the language meaning more than words, right? Yes. Yeah. And because language is more than just words. It's body language. It's approach. It is welcoming nature. If you are walking by and somebody just points and says, well, that's Mary, she's our CNA, that's so-and-so, she lives here, but just kind of the pointing thing versus, hey, let me introduce you to our med tech. Susan, come over here. I'd like you to introduce you too. Susan should be, it should feel very comfortable and it should be easy for her to just stand there and have a conversation for a little bit and talk and maybe maybe say, hi, Mary, I'm nice, nice to meet you. Um, I've worked here for five years. Is this your first time? You know, just being able to have staff that have been given the confidence, given the ability to share truly their feelings and engage with people who are visiting in a very normal, friendly, communal way. Do you think that a staff member being introduced to you on a tour and having that interaction like you were just describing, does that mean there's a higher probability that they're going to be interacting with your loved one in that way? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And you can, you can feel it when you have a staff member that comes up with a smile, maybe even welcomes and says, we're, we're in right now having such and such going on. Would you like to join us? That's what you want. You want it truly welcoming. This person walking in the door is not just a number, you know, that needs to be tended to. Or or a price tag. (laughs) That's right. All right. Or a price tag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And you and I were talking earlier about the fact is that businesses are businesses and they're there to, at the same time, provide care and make money. Right. I mean, you look at even the 
best independent living or the best assisted living in the world. They're still there to make money while providing care. They are a business. Yes. They are a business, but the good businesses have quality training. That's also something I would look for too. I would ask, find out about what kind of training they have for their staff. Do they have live monthly encouraging trainings or is everything, is all of their training just done on a computer? Do they sit at a desk and watch a computer? You don't learn that way. I mean, we can learn some that way, but when it comes to human interaction and human care, the best training is going to be experiential. It's going to be sitting and learning and and doing as if and acting out. That's the, you know the old role model or not role modeling. Um, oh, role play, a, role play, role play. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Role play. You know, role play always made people feel uncomfortable in classes, yeah. right? But the reason they were uncomfortable was it was skill sets they didn't have. And this is yeah. a human interactive business. It is a business, but it's all about humans. And these successful businesses have those strong human interactions and it's built on relationships, not numbers, not checklists. It's built on relationships. Which is the way it should be. That I mean, that that's the way it should be. It absolutely should be built on that relationship. Don't you think also learning specifically about your loved one? You know, because that list, right, that checklist that you were talking about may not even interest your loved one. Like that may not even mean anything to them. And so don't you think that's another um, sort of way to incorporate the language? Are they even interested in what your loved one likes? Yes. So from a understanding about the individual, you know, this is a little aside from language, but looking at, at a life story about your loved one, understanding what is meaningful to Valerie, what is meaningful to Leslie and hearing what those things are and then introducing them to them within the community. So for example, if, you know, if you're a gardener, if that's something that's been really important your whole life, they should have learned some of that and probed some of that and been able to share that with you when you come in and introduce you to, well, this is Jim and Mary over here. They help us tend the roses all the time. Let's go over and meet them. And see, so I think that's, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's directly related to the language of the community Yes, because, Mm -hmm. because they're making it more like we're talking about, like being with a group of friends, as opposed Mm -hmm. to that checklist. We have this, 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 and this. Yeah. Helping them understand how can this be a great place for you? How can we help make this be a wonderful and welcoming place for you to be? And and if we don't have it, we're going to set it up. Mm -hmm. I used to say that when I was training communities on looking at their activity calendars, your activity calendar shouldn't look the same this month as it does next month or the next month, because you're going to have new people living here. And that that activity calendar should begin to incorporate different events and activities and going places and interests for those new people that move in, in addition to those who are already here. It's, it's really all about trying to personalize. And, that's, and it is a challenge. I mean, for community staff, if you have, I had about 55 people who lived in my community and, you know, keeping the wheels all turning so that you're somehow trying to play 
to all of their interests and desires and personalities. It is a constant work of art. Yes. <laughs> and I've never used that phrase before, but that's true as a staff. Yes. If you make what the care that you're providing a work of art, then it's going to start reflecting what you have. And then it's going to feel like, oh, I found the right place. Yeah. And that's how it really, that's how it should feel. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what would be your number one doable tip for families who are getting ready to tour in terms okay. of language? Are they going to be touring with their loved one or not? Let's just say they're touring without their loved one. Okay. If they're touring without their loved one, the number one tip I would recommend is to talk with staff, not just a cursory, hi, hello, nice to meet you, but find leaders to have a conversation with, which will be your salesperson probably. If possible, ask to talk to the executive director, director of nursing, maybe the activities director. Have a conversation with them. Just ask what their job is, what their role is, what they love about their work. Listen to how they answer that those questions. Listen to how they speak about it. And then ask to speak to some residents, sit and chat with them, see what they, you know, what their thoughts are about what they've done today, what their favorite things are. Then ask maybe to talk to, so who does the laundry? Talk to somebody, talk to a housekeeper, talk to a maintenance person. Because again, this is going to give you a feel of how the overall community is and ask how long they have worked there. Give yourself a chance to actually talk with staff. And if you can talk with other family members who might be visiting, and you can pick those family members out. You can tell the family members that are really comfortable there and ask if you can just chat with them for a little bit. You will get a whole lot more than just the pitch that the salesperson is going to share. And a good salesperson would love hearing what I'm saying. They would encourage it as well, too. Today's episode is brought to you by Inspired Senior Care, providing training, tools, and coaching for care communities of all sizes. Their goal is to inspire a new understanding of successful aging through interactive education, to support the creation of supportive living space for seniors, an encouraging work environment for staff, and peace of mind for families. Be inspired with Inspired Senior Care. Find more information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable. I was going through a bunch of um, business cards the other day and, you know, just data entry and, you know, just getting things updated in my system. And it struck me, even though I've worked in the industry for so many years and actually worked in senior living communities, it struck me all the different titles Mm -hmm. for what is really 
the salesperson. And so that's another form of language when it comes to communities and and trying, you know, for families to try to figure out what is that community relations? What does that mean? It means they're a salesperson. What does marketing mean? It means they're a salesperson, right? And so I actually was thinking about doing an episode just on those titles because I, and I do have an, an episode called, who do you take your complaints to? Because most families yeah. complain to the caregiver, which is not the right person. And right. so, and so I, I do have that episode too, but I thought, you know, they also need to know they're touring all these communities. They're getting all these cards. Who, what does that mean? Community relations. What does that mean? Community liaison. What, you know, what do these titles mean? So yeah. that's, so you mentioned that in your doable, you know, tip, you mentioned salesperson and I'm like, yes, yes, that's mm-hmm. another word. That's yeah. another word because it, it has a, you have a whole different experience when you see that tour guide as a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whose job it is to sell. You're kind you of on your guard a little bit. Uh, yeah. When you know it's a salesperson, you're like, all right, I'm going to question everything you're saying to me. Are you just trying to get me to sign on the bottom line? <laughs> right. But that's everything we're talking about today. What, what are those clues that this is a, a, more of a community as opposed to a mm-hmm. facility. So I really love it. 